We're going to bring y'all into our huddle. You are in Warriors Huddle with me, Bram, with me per usual, my boy and producer, Marcus. What's up, Deb Nation? And with us, our master of all things sound, Maxime. How's it going? Boys, I am excited to announce rejoining us, an expert on all things Bay Area sports, a longtime friend and reigning prediction champion of this show, and the host of the brand new Drive Time Morning Roast on 95.7 The Game, Mr. Bonte Hill. What's going on, Bonte? Man, it's been far too long, man. I know we were supposed to link a couple months ago and things happened and now we're back. We're back uh, with the NBA draft looming. Hopefully basketball comes back very, very soon. I already missed the bubble outside of the L.A. Lakers and their fans, but uh, it's good to be on with you boys. Is it weird that like, I'm kind of nervous talking to you, man? I feel like you're big time now. The drive time, the big, the big dog on the uh, the morning radio block. Like, are you taking yourself a little bit more seriously? You look a little bit more important. Just to let you know, we, we're on a Zoom video. Let the record reflect. Only because of goddamn Bonte, we never record with the video. This fool came in hot with the video, so I'm now looking at his remarkably important face. Yeah, I mean, I look like a guy who's gained a few pounds during this pandemic. That's what I look like. So I feel more important. Hell well. I mean, my girl doesn't even think I'm more important. She's like, go take out the trash. What's up with the dishwasher? So she's still yelling at me like I'm a nobody. So uh, it does. the only thing that feels different is the time slot. Like the whole morning drive, afternoon drive thing, I've never really grasped it. You know, I'm just like, all right. But, you know, a lot of people have reached out since I've switch slots as opposed to when I started working with Steiny Guru. It's kind of weird, man. Like, all right, I guess it is kind of a big deal. So it's fun, man. I'm looking forward to the show. We're nine episodes in. Kate's a pro. She keeps us in line. Butcher Boy's a fan boy who I've got to check every single day like his daddy. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, man. And look, man, the Warriors Huddle podcast, this podcast right here has helped elevate my game uh doing all these podcasts with you guys so that's kind of helped with the twitter and instagram and stuff like that so i gotta thank you guys too for helping out uh during this journey not at all i heard you and butcher boy going back and forth about brady and belichick a little bit this morning and marcus so this is not going to be a shock to anybody if this was me if i had bonte's distinction i would be working it in constantly i'd go to like starbucks order something that asked me you know what's your name oh i'm bram from the moaning roast like i'd have it on my actual cup so mt would you be like i feel like you might play it a little bit closer to bonte like you wouldn't really press it in everybody's face yeah, I'd be closer to how Bonte is. Just be behind the scenes and just, you know, let let if they recognize my voice, then just let them give me that cup of coffee for free, you know? I am just so tired of you being healthy like this. I'm going to stop giving you these softballs, but I, in fact, just lie to me next time. Be like, yes, I would have handled it super terribly. Well, boys, we have a segment that I am really excited for today. It's a brand new one, and it is perfectly tailored for uh, Bonte's expertise. So, I have been hearing left and right on social media um, these conversations about franchises' favorite players. I saw Denver come out and ask their fan base, who is your favorite franchise player of all time? And they didn't include Carmelo in the graphic. I saw Portland do the same thing. And as a fuck you to Denver, they did include Carmelo in the graphic. So we're going to be doing something similar, but a little bit more broad, right? The four people on this pod, the Warriors have been in our life for so long. It's like family. So yeah, yeah, we've got favorite players, but that's not the only way we feel about these guys. We have least favorite players. We have people who frustrated us. We have all types of things. So I've put together a series of questions designed to kind of let us explore those thoughts. And my first one goes to you, Bonte. If you could go out drinking one night 
and you could pick anybody from the history of the Warriors. And don't limit yourself to the people who are on the floor. Front office, coaching, anybody, who would you pick? And I've, I've pulled some names just to help you think about it, but don't feel like you're limited to these people. The, the guys who made my possible list, Don Nelson, Clay Thompson, Tom Tolbert, Stack Jack. You know, I mean, there's, there's some people here to consider, but who would be your guy? Wow. Uh, Tom Tolbert's a good one. Tom Tolbert's a good one there. That's a great pull. Don Nelson, we know about his drinking stories, crushing beers after games, but how can it not be Clay Thompson? How can it not be Clay Thompson? Especially if you're single. I mean, first of all, you're gonna be the you're gonna be the most graced wingman of all time, right? You're sitting with Clay Thompson. Uh girls are gonna be flocking. He will just tell it like it is. He's a very easygoing dude who, you know, Marcus is saying like, hey, he'll go to Starbucks. He'll try to play it cool and not get that free cup of coffee by saying, hey, I'm in tea for the morning roast. Clay Thompson's kind of like that, too. He's not like, hey, I'm number 11 for the Golden State Warriors. I dropped 37 in a quarter against the Sacramento Kings. Clay's going to be chilling. Hell, he may be medicated for all we know, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I mean, Clay Thompson's the guy. And I know that's basically taking the easy way out, but – Clay's air number one. I say Chris Mullen is a close second because Chris Mullen can tell some stories. It'd have to be non-alcoholic with with uh, with Chris, right? Because he only got out of his life. So I'm with like for me, it depends on the kind of evening I want, right? Like Clay, a night out of the town would be awesome, but you are not directing that conversation at all. You know, like I could ask him, oh, what? Tell me a story about the 37 point quarter, and he's going to tell me a story about Rocco and not give a f- about my question. You know, like so it will be fun to just sit there and hear him and and see what he does. But if I'm looking for like a guided conversation, like I want to sit down and really explore this dude, I feel like Nelson Tolbert would be amazing. But Don's yeah. been away from the game far enough now where he doesn't give a f- anymore. You know, and you get him hammered, I feel like you are going to get stories just. F- flying out of them, which would, uh, which would be entertaining, but MT, uh, Maxime, who do you guys got here? Um, I mean, I would pick clay too, obviously, but I'll go with a different name just to keep it more interesting. I think I'm going to go out with Kevin Durant. And the reason why is not because I think it would be a great time. I just think if you got Kevin Durant, just sloshed, you would be able to get, some real answers and he's kind of waffled back and forth so much on when did he decide he was leaving? When didn't he, where, where was he going? Who was he choosing? Like all of this stuff. And I just think if you got him drunk enough, you could get some real answers and it would be gold. I would just, I wouldn't do it because I'd be able to have the most successful night as a wingman. I would do it because I'd have content gold coming back for my friends. You would never, you never figure out where to go, though. He'd be like, let's go out to dinner. No, let's go out to a drink. No, let's go to sports book. No, let's go to here. No. Like, you'd, you'd be halfway to a thousand different places. You'd be like, no, I don't really want to do I want to see this friend. No, I don't want to see this friend. I want to see this guy. It would be frustrating, let's say. Fair enough. But I'm still, you're still going to want to know. You're going to want, you're going to want to know what he and I talked about if I tell you I went out and got drunk with Kevin Durant. So actually accurate. my problem with that whole scenario is that if I'm going out drinking, I'm not liable to remember any of this. Um, so I would be really pissed off if I went out with KD and then just couldn't remember any of what he told me. Um, so to that end, I'm going to go in two different directions with this. The first is, you know, I, I like to pontificate and I like to, you know, talk about all sorts of worldly topics. And so if that's the case, 
I'm going to go with D West. That's going to be maybe like a beer or two. We're going to talk politics. You know, we're going to have some high level conversation about the state of not just basketball on the court, but off the court. It's going to be awesome. And then if I'm trying to party, I'm going to go with some Southern hospitality, DeMarcus Cousins. I feel like he'd be a great time out. Um, I feel like, you know, I've heard some stories that that he can get a little bit uh, fast and loose, like uh, when he was down with the national team in Brazil. There's some interesting stories that came out of that, so I feel like that would be a great night. So there you go. Um, keeping it big, feel like it's going to be a great time either way. Bonte, would you be nervous in a conversation with D West? I'd feel like I'd spend the whole time trying to seem smart because I know like how intellectually savvy he is, and I don't think I'd ever reach it, so I'd always be worried. Yeah, I'd be worried about D West. I mean, D West, <laughs> you say that wrong thing, you may get slugged. No, I'm not. He's not that bad. Dude, <laughs> he'll just walk away and just leave, right? Just look at you crazy like <laughs> All right, Pete Deuces. Like he'll he'll basically Irish goodbye you. That's David West for you. You know, I'm surprised nobody said Beendrins. Beendrins would be because you heard that he, you know, there's legendary stories that he got after it and he had a really, really good time in San Francisco, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I definitely do. I think I would like partying with beans. Um, I don't know how deep our conversation would get either. You know, I think it would be very similar to a conversation like the one I described with Clay. I'm just going to sit back and let Andres fire off whatever the hell it is he wants to fire off and uh, and see what's up there. I, I, I've got to say this. This has nothing to do with the Warriors, but I'm going to use it as a soapbox. Um, if anybody who develops Zoom is listening to this podcast or Microsoft Teams or anyone who can help us with these like these applications now that let us talk, can they come up with a camera that doesn't show our face one inch away from the screen? Like, so we are doing the Zoom conversation now. Bonte, I'm looking right at you. When you and I meet in person, we don't step two inches away from one another and talk there. This, this thing of having to talk so close, is just a weird thing. So those people out there who can actually make apps and are technologically savvy, do that for us, man. Back us up a little bit here. Seriously, give us some filters so... I can look less hideous out here. You know what I'm saying? Just <laughs> <laughs> make my jaws and my cheeks slim down. No, I'm kidding. But yeah, no, the Zoom applications. Aren't you guys just tired of Zoom? Oh my God, I, I just want to have a round table. I mean, I've been going to the studio this past week uh, due to the equipment failures uh, that I had here at 957 Gaming. It just feels so right. feels so good, but there's nobody in the building. So let's zoom or let's zoom wants to back us up five inches maybe they can do that who knows that's exactly right uh good news bad news man let's start with the bad news bonte you are about to be in a street fight you are going to go into a back alley you have no idea who it is who you're going to face but a fight is coming man good news not alone you have the entire history of golden state warriors behind you to select someone to come into that alley with you who are you picking damn it's between Nasty Nate Thurman, rest in peace, Charles Sprewell, or Steven Jackson. You thinking well, it's we P.J. Carlissimo in that alley? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope not for P.J.'s sake. Stag uh, <laughs> Jack, we know he can shoot him up and bang, bang, right? We know about the strip club story. <laughs> we know about the Ballast of the Palace. That seems like the easy way out. Um I'm going to go with Stack Jack. I, I got to go with Stack Jack. He's just got more of a proven track record when it comes to these type of deals. Uh, I'm going with Stack Jack, but it's hard passing up with Terrell Sprewell. Well, and like Stack Jack, the advantage, whatever happens to it. Like if somebody pulls a strap, if it's just a fight, like whatever happens, you know Stack is not running. You know, like he's got your back. He's 100% going to be there for you. Um, I had a real similar list. I'll add 
D West. So I had Draymond in here. I'm not sure if that's really like, I don't know if he's a good selection. We don't have to jump down that hole. Instead, I will tell you, I'm going D West. Uh, you've already alluded to what kind of a badass he is. I feel yeah. like he'd have that same kind of stack Jack allegiance. Like once he's walked into the alley, whatever comes, he is going to, uh, he's going to stick with you. So yeah, I'm going, I'm going D West. See, I, I appreciate I appreciate that line of thinking, but I, I think the, the big one here is who's going to have your back, not just who's going to be a good fighting partner. You need somebody that's like, that is, has an allegiance to you. And so to that end, I think there's nobody better than Zaza Pachulia. We know that not only is he considered by non-Warriors fans to be a dirty player, he's somebody that seems to take it out on other players on behalf of members of his own team. So I don't think that there's anybody that's more likely to both help me out in a fight and also be willing to stand up for me than Zaza Pachulia. Do you think he can fight? I mean, I know like, oh, so yeah. that the, I'm that's, I guess let's, let's hash that out. Cause I know, you know, he's got the dirty reputation. He got underneath Kawhi, even though I always say that, that, uh, that wasn't on purpose. But when I look at Zaza, I'm not immediately thinking he'd be good in the ring. Am I off on that? You boys think he's got, uh, he's got a nasty streak there. I feel like 90% of fighting, you know, when you're outside of an NBA arena, right. With other gigantic players the majority of our population is not going to be able to hold the candle to him so 90 percent of this if not more is just uh, intimidation and he's his still slow though is terrifying yeah Very he's slow. he's slow and he that he reminds me of the favorite joke the players like said about a warriors player was um on zaza and they he had a breakaway one game and like steph and clay and a couple other people teased him and said on a breakaway zaza got a three second in the key violation. Yeah. <laughs> That's how slow he is. <laughs> so I mean, the, way he, the way he stood over Westbrook on that screen. That's true. Uh, a few years ago, was like he wanted all the smoke. He looked That's at true. Westbrook like, I want, I want the smoke. So Zaza's a very underrated pull. Yeah. Not on my list, but I respect it, Maxine. Trust me, I'm, I respect that. Appreciate that. Yeah, and that was my same line of thinking. I, I didn't choose Zaza for it, but I was choosing between um, Bogut just because he's got that Aussie streak in him, and you know, like they're they're a little rough around the edges, and you know, he he's known to be he's dirty. Get hurt though. Yeah, exactly. But he breaks um, his hand in the first punch. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but um, I'm going Demarcus Cousins just because he. Partied in Brazil. Yeah. By the way, Maxime, I have no idea of that partying in Brazil story, and I am super distracted that we didn't follow up on that. But go ahead, MT. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. I, I think he just he came up in a rough neighborhood and he's got that down south kind of grit to him. And he's just a big dude and he's known to support his teammates, you know, even when he doesn't like it. Like he hated it in Sacramento. But if you said something about somebody on the Kings team, like he was the first one to be there ready to throw down. So um, I would just want him to have my back when we're in that alley. It's, it's really weird, but I just got a text actually from Zaza Pachulia saying that. <laughs> Bram and David West would beat all of your guys' asses. I, I don't know how he knew. Like he must have just been listening <laughs> contemporaneously. But Zaza, shout out to you, man. You are a hundred percent right. Bram, before I mean, if you don't know about this story, you you should know this. This actually just broke. I think like yesterday, and who knows if it's tabloid or not. But a few fellas in the NBA um, spent some time in some, uh, you know special houses within brazil let's say and uh and jimmy butler was one of them and there are some um very favorable uh sentences about jimmy's uh let's say his his performance in these situations so you know 
I guess he's a, a big personality on and off the court. <laughs> let's let's sprinkle in the word allegedly, and then let me sprinkle in another word. I love that the story about him uh, visiting what I'm picking up to be houses of ill repute mm. is what made you be like, oh, that's the guy I want to spend a night drinking with. Good for you, Maxime. And I, I feel like we've just learned a lot about you in addition to uh, DeMarcus. No comment. No comment. <laughs> Bonte. Nothing for that either. <laughs> Most fun guy to watch. Not your favorite guy, not the most talented, but of the Warriors who you've watched over, you know, man, the last few decades, who's the guy you had the most fun with? Oh, man. I mean, I think it's so obvious that it's Steph Curry, right? I mean, I, I would put Baron Davis there. The Baron Davis yep. years when he was healthy was really, really fun. What he did on the floor. Um, Tim Hardaway had his, he had his moments, no doubt about it. Uh, Spree had his moments. Chris Webber in just that one year had his moments. But how can it be not? How can it not be Steph Curry, man? I mean, think about the feeling he's given Warrior fans. He's gave Warrior fans hope uh, from losers to champions. The Madison Square Garden game when he dropped 54. I'm just thinking about it now with my little brother, where it's just a random. What was that game on a random Wednesday night, I believe? Yep. And yep. playing the Knicks at the Garden, and he just starts bombing. And I felt like his coming out party, and my brother and I are just going crazy in the house. Didn't matter if the Warriors lost the game. Remember Didn't that. matter if yep. Tyson Taylor had like 30 rebounds and 25 of them being offensive with those weak-ass volleyball tap-outs. <laughs> that feeling that Seth Curry gave us then, and then, of course, at OKC and everything he's done, it's, it's no doubt Steph Curry. You know what's so is so I had a real similar list. And you know what's really interesting is not the names on it, it's the names not on it. KD. I mean, I so I I I do not have him here. We are talking about one of the top three players of all time, man. The guy came in, he gave us he gave us two titles. And when we're thinking about fun experiences, you know, I I I have another one about talent. I think he'll come up then. But when we're talking about fun, he doesn't he doesn't immediately crack the list. Um, and yeah, like I think it is Steph. I uh, the other people I thought. Baron Davis, um, I'll give you a name that I'm not going to pick, but I at least want to say it. This is the only time I promise I'm going to say this name in the course of this uh, podcast, Chris Weber. So what Weber had, what made him fun, that that first year, you know, we're talking 92, is really similar to what you were talking about with Baron Davis and Steph. Because what we had was nothing, 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 then a superstar, like something out of nowhere, you know, and like... With Weber, do you remember that barbershop commercial uh, when he oh, first absolutely. came? And yeah, no, and like around the back, exactly back. right, yeah. around the back, exactly right. Yeah, didn't you see Chris uh, dunk on Charles Barkley? Nice. I didn't see that. I went something like this. Put, put the cape on though, because I was like Superman. Oh yeah, you were. Let me put that on. Catch it like this, around the back. Barkley trying to block it. Oh, wait, he's too high. He's too high. And then what did Barkley say? He said, I don't believe in role models, but uh, you mind. That was fun. There was a period of time when, when he was here, when he was fun to watch, but no, it's, it's staff. I mean, it, it, it has to be staff and that's not just recency bias, I think. Um, but MT, where are you? Yeah, I'm the same. I, it has to be Steph and I don't think it's close, but um, just for the discussion purposes, my second choice would be Tim Hardaway. Um, date myself a little bit, but I was young, but still old enough to remember being excited when you had the ball in his hands because if he was going to give you that killer crossover, that UTEP two-step, you know, like it was just fun to watch because he would put you on a poster in a minute and it was a unique move, like how Allen Iverson created his crossover. Like 
Tim Hardaway's killer crossover was that for a little bit in the league. And it was just fun because at any moment you had to watch the game and at any moment he would bring it and just like blow by somebody. It was just fun to watch. So it made me want to be a point guard. And I remember it was fun to watch him play. One of the super random ass Tim Hardaway stories. I remember his rookie year is number five, his second year. And then every year after that, he was number 10. The reason yep. I remember it is when they asked him about it, why'd you flip? He said, I got twice as good. I was twice as good between my first season and the second season. So I had to <laughs> double the number. Maxime, any stories about prostitutes with Timmy Hardaway or anything we haven't heard whoa, yet? Whoa, what are you talking about prostitutes? I, when did that come into this conversation? Sorry, I, I meant to say Brazil. I, that, that's that's on me. Oh, I should have oh, used oh, different it's a call back to earlier. I didn't catch that yeah 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 no no stories who's who's your most most uh fun guy well i mean there's no doubt it's steph and and number two on my list is for sure baron davis uh that was like an introduction to um you know to basketball uh at, at a high level at a time that i was very impressionable i will say that number three is draymond for me he's so much fun to watch as a floor general um how he operates how he passes um, that's the kind of like intricacies of basketball that I really love. But like, let's face it. I mean, it's 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 obvious that it's Steph Curry. Steph Curry might be one of the most fun, if not the most fun player to watch in all of sports. Forget yeah. Warriors, forget basketball. I mean, he's he's electric. You can't help but love watching him play. And he embodies us, right? I mean, it's 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 like watching a superhero do what they do. Because when you look at him, you don't think he should be able to have that type of success. So when he actually pulls it off, it has even a, a higher degree of, uh, of fun. Let me give you this one. And this one's kind of random. So most likely to be an all-star in a different sport when you look back on Warriors, all right? And, and to help you think about it, here are the guys I've come up with. I'll go first so that you guys can... Uh, can spend some time thinking. So here are my people. Draymond, I feel like he could probably play football, be a tight end. Steph, I think, would be an unbelievable shortstop in baseball. I think his hand-eye coordination is just bananas. Will Chamberlain, you could probably put him almost anywhere on the football field. I'll put him at, at tight end as well just because of his size. But here's my pick, and it couldn't be more random, Chris Mullen as a professional bowler. This fool would dominate the uh, the PBA or whatever it is, his his combination of hand-eye coordination, and it just kind of looks like a bowler. Like you know, I, I feel like he would fit in there. Right. So that's my guy. Different sport, definite all-star. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna go with Jason Richardson here because I think Jason Richardson at six five could be that dynamic receiver. And for the jump balls, he's got Ooh. so much hops as a slam dunk champion. We all know. Throw a jump ball up to Jason Richardson. He's quick. He's athletic. Maybe you get you a screen. Maybe you think about DK Metcalf of the Seattle Seahawks. Maybe a poor man's version of DK Metcalf. But I'm going with Jason Richardson as a Pro Bowl wide receiver in the NFL. I love this. And his dunk celebrations after catching a touchdown, you know, oh, putting, yeah. him, putting him over. Yeah, exactly right. Oh, yeah. Just be on the crossbar. Yeah, all that good stuff. <laughs> I'm going to go a little out of the box here, but I'm completely confident that this would be true. This guy would be an Olympic gold medalist in this as well. Clay Thompson and curling. He would have watched it on TV and just immediately been like, that looks kind of cool. And then you just would have practiced it. You would have gone and got all the equipment. Like when it was time to give Giannis the pitch for him to come join, Clay Thompson's already out in Greece practicing curling in some random ice skating facility that nobody even knew existed. And he just becomes extremely good at it, like his scaffolding knowledge, and becomes an Olympian at it. 
there's a 30% chance that fool was a professional curler in college at like fraternity parties. <laughs> like he just brought his own curling gear all the time. He's like, oh, you guys, you guys up on some curling or let's make this happen. What? <laughs> yeah, I, I think there's actually a pretty good chance in quarantine that he's picked his hobby back up um, and has like a full on rink in his basement or whatever, making it all happen. That's a good take, MT. Uh, I'm going to go kind of off the beaten track with this one um, just because I was thinking about him earlier. Uh, Vladimir Rodmanovich, I feel like, has the potential to be like a a home run champion, you know, like a designated hitter. <laughs> um, right? Like, you know, well, like... Rodmanovich? <laughs> if, if I had to bet... Me. If I had to bet my life on something, I think one of the things I'd bet on is Vlad Rad not being able to hit a single home run, let alone winning a home run contest. <laughs> I feel like, you know, like the one thing that he had any sort of excellence on when he was on the Warriors was being able to like shoot some threes, right? So he's got like something going on with hand-eye coordination. He's clearly an amazing athlete, but like was lazy as all hell, you know? So like, just let him stand behind the plate and slug away at some balls. I feel like, you know, long reach, um, he can hit some like weird kind of outside the batter's box area stuff. I'm sticking with it. You just created the largest strike zone on the face of the earth. That fool, <laughs> I mean, I, I think he might league the like universe in strikeouts and that would be in the home run contest, which is not a super easy thing to do. Watch it. We tell him that's a bad idea. You're playing nice, man, but I could, I could see your face. I don't feel like you're well, on board for this thing. I, I thought he, I thought Maxine was going to go Baron Davis running back. You know what I'm saying? Oh, nice. uh, you sure. know, thank you. 220 running back, 220 pounds, just trucking fools. Uh, Rob Bonovitz is something I did not expect. That's a name I did not expect to hear. Hell today. no. You know, in mid October. I can't recall the last time I've thought about Vladimir Rob Bonovitz. I have and not at all. I always think about him in the Sonics uniform. Did he wear some crazy number like 77 or something? <laughs> Good it knowledge. Was something weird. I have no idea. I and I could tell like if you had said Mookie Blaylock as an NHL player, it would have like I would have predicted that even I, I did not see that coming, but good for you, Maxime. Let's take us back to the dark side, boys. Most frustrating player to watch. When you why you know, not not you didn't hate him, you didn't want him off the team, but you just couldn't get behind it. He he frustrated you every time he took the floor. Um Bonte, start us off. Mike Dunleavy Jr. I'm yep. sorry, Mike Dunleavy Jr., <laughs> number three overall pick. You, you know, and then he's coming out there. Like, we all watched that NCAA championship game against Arizona where he hit the three threes in, like, 90 seconds. You're like, so and then good. people started saying, you know what, man, this guy could be Larry Bird. Oh, yeah. Six, nine, could shoot it. Coach's son. Oh, my Lord, Brim. You talk about frustrating. Uh, Mike Dunleavy Jr. may be the most frustrating player in Warriors history. You may be. Remember when he got kicked off? I don't remember the foul or whatever, but he got kicked out of the game. And for the first time, he showed some emotion. He got all angry and he ripped off his jersey and he threw it into the crowd. And then Oracle went crazy because it was one of the first times he hadn't acted like a giant bitch. And we're right. like, oh, like, yeah, like Mike D has some emotions. Like, I can't believe it. Uh, uh, great pick. Uh, I'm going Anthony Randolph. Only because I, I convinced oh. myself that Anthony Randolph was a Hall of Famer. Like, I mean, like. Like, I'm not talking about all-star, Bonte. I was telling people that Anthony Randolph was going to make, like, the top 50 players of all time. And I don't even – did he even play 50 minutes? Like, I, I don't think he ever actually turned into anything, but I, I was in love with that dude. He frustrated the hell out of me. Random story. I used to work at Cobb's Comedy Club back in the day. 
Anthony Randolph, Anthony Morrow, and I forget who else walked into the club. We put him in the seat. He was just with his girl in a dark balcony by themselves. And like, I just remember seeing the dude. It was like, man, you know, I'm young Bonte being a fanboy. I'm like, man, playoffs next year, man, we're thirsty out here. We're thirsty today. <laughs> and Morrow slapped me across his chest, like, don't even trip, little man. We got you. Called me little no. man. Slapped me across his chest, <laughs> like, don't even trip, little man. We got you. And Anthony Randolph just sitting there. I'm like, man, he's tall. And it was just like, yeah, it never happened, Bram. Anthony Randolph's <laughs> probably one of the more frustrating players in Warriors history. I bet you you put that on Twitter, people will put that on a poll, and people will say Anthony Randolph, no doubt. That's a great poll. Give- Give me more details. So when Morrow hits you on the chest, like palm down like this or backhanded no. you on the chest? Backhand, like just kind of weird friendly, move. Like he like a Ric Flair wooed me. It yeah, just boom. Because <laughs> it's one thing if he goes like hand on the chest, you know, like like a reassuring, right. like, oh, dude, like the little double tap, like, oh, it's all good. Right. The backhanded move, that's a weird, that's, that's a weird interaction. Weird. But I felt cool. Like I had my cops comedy oh, shirt yeah. on. And oh, he yeah. did make me look like a little man. I mean, the guy called me little man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm six three, six four in T at Maxime, and he called me little man. And it was like, don't even trip. I got you. And no, you didn't have me. You didn't sniff the playoffs. <laughs> Just so disrespectful. So disrespectful, man. <laughs> I want all three of you to know that the next time we see each other in person, God knows when that is, I'm backhanding you on the chest. And I cannot wait <laughs> for that to go down. Um, quick one. Favorite team. Not player. Favorite team. Wait, um, let me add let me add to that last one because I have a take sure. that that's gonna I wonder if other Warriors fans will remember. So I was Absolutely. I was gonna say Joe Smith just because he was the number one overall pick and just was a bust. But yeah. for me personally, he was just been the most frustrating and hard to is Todd Fuller. And it's because we drafted him before Kobe Bryant. Kobe. Yeah, exactly. Oof. Do you remember anything about him? So like I, when, when Todd Fuller, we, we bring up constantly and I, I do too, you know, um, and I remember him, but really what I remember is what you said, Kobe. I don't really remember anything about Todd or Fuller or his game in any way, shape or form. Like, does anybody actually have a Todd Fuller memory that, that we can bring up? Left-handed. Ever- That's all I know. <laughs> did he punk what? you at Cobb's, uh, Cobb's comedy club? On he, did not. he did not. Was he number 50? That's all oh, I remember. Knowledge. Yeah, I mean, nice. all I remember was that he was from North Carolina State, and he just looked weak on the basketball court. When you first saw him on the court, you're like, oh, my Lord, the Warriors drafted this guy in the first round? Like, he looked like a stiff from day one with no hope. When I saw Todd Fuller, I thought Joe Klein. You know what I'm saying? Just absolute trash. Hopefully he gets just six fouls and comes up with a couple rounds. Awful. I mean, may not be more awful than Andrew DeClerc, but I get Andrew DeClerc wasn't a high draft pick like Todd Fuller. But those two players, for some reason, Todd Fuller, I remember NC State, number 50, and he looked yeah. like trash. And Andrew DeClerc, the San Francisco Chronicles, 40 Green, had DeClerc rules the court. Warriors new draft pick or whatnot. I'm like, Oof. what? Yeah, it was rough. Yeah. And, and also Steve Nash, too. They drafted Todd Fuller before Kobe and Steve Nash. So it's just a rough the, one. The draft profiles on Todd Fuller, I remember saying he's like a really great bench guy. Like he can talk to anybody. It's like, are we drafting this motherfucker to sit in the middle of the bench right. and talk to people? Or right. like, would we like him to actually play basketball? Like, you know, if it's like, oh, and he's also a really good at like crocheting. Like, who cares, dude? Like, maybe we can talk about his bro, basketball. Acting. It's like he could talk on a bench, bro. I don't care. Can you guard Hakeem Olajuwon? Exactly. Do you see what's lying out west here? I don't need a guy who knows how to fraternize on a damn NBA bitch. Exactly. 
Bonte, I could have talked to the people on the bench. They weren't looking at me in the draft. Like, what are you talking <laughs> about right now? Uh, but favorite team, boys. So again, not player, but you look back, a team that, that meant the most to you. Um, for me, it's between three of them. We believe that first championship in 2015 and then the 16-1 and one team um, in the playoffs in 2017. And this is a really weird thing to say. Um, and I don't know if this just just gives a sense of my age, but I think it's still we believe they didn't win the title. You know, obviously they didn't have the second round. But when I look back on that Baron Davis dunk, when I when I think back on how loud that Oracle Arena was, that might it wasn't my favorite experience. That first championship was my favorite experience. But I think we believe was my favorite team. We believe is a good one. That's a great one. And that'll probably be a lot of people's favorite team, right? Because it was the first playoff run they ever saw. You think about the kids who are 30 and under, you know, what, 13, 14 straight years of no playoffs from 94 to 2007. You guys do the math. Uh, I'm going to go with a sleeper. I'm going to go with a sleeper because I always like the team that's on the come up. I should have said TMC. I should have said TMC. My my bad. I should have included that. Yeah, no, TMC, that's a good one. Uh, Tim, uh, Mitch, and uh, Chris, of course, uh, they were really, really good. But I was a little too young for that. I just remember them losing in the first round, I believe, to the – was Richmond on that team? I don't know. But uh, the first, the team that I really love is the team that was on a come-up also the Spurs in the second round. When Curry first made the playoffs and Clay was out there bombing and Draymond was coming off the bench and they had Jared Jack, the ascension of the Golden State Warriors where you had hope. All of a sudden, you're like, man, this team is ascending. Uh, they're going to be a perennial playoff team. Curry wasn't even healthy, and they beat the Nuggets. They they take the Spurs to six games. You're really a really good six-game uh, series. Remember, they blew game one when they were up like oh, yeah. 20. They blew that game. They come back, win game two. Just a really fun series. That team right there. Always love the teams before the championship when they're on sure. the come-up. That team, for me, was a lot, a lot of fun. I like that. It's like the Friday before a three-day weekend. You know, it's like it's, it, things are just about to get way <laughs> better. Yeah, no, that's a good call. I remember they were a amazing Tony Parker shot away from being up 2-0 on that series, and that's it would have right. been a lot different. Um, yeah, and that was when everybody was like, you need to take this team seriously. And that, you hear kind of hear people saying that about the Nuggets now. But um, it's got to be We Believe, just for me, just because I remember I was living in Chicago at the time and I was so proud to have gotten one of those We Believe shirts and wear it all around Chicago. And it was, you know, like the eight versus one seed was one thing, but it was just like it was the beginning of positionless basketball kind of coming into the to the fray, right, where we were playing with Al Harrington and Stack Jack and Jared Jack and, you know, Baron Davis and you know they were just running in there and being like we're just going to have all athletic tweener size dudes coming in here and just we're going to bomb away and we're going to shoot you out of the gym so um you know like winning the first championship was amazing but we believe was the, the time when there were a lot of new warriors fans coming out and even celebrities and you were like oh man this is a team to watch Jessica Alba remember uh, Snoop like all those people started showing up in Oakland for the first time exactly um, yeah yeah Maxine? Yeah, I'll um I'll I'll uh, make it a little personal. Um my parents actually divorced in 2015 and it was a very strange time for me, you know, as like a I was in my mid 20s and I'm an only child, right? And all of a sudden like this nuclear family that I'd grown up with, right, splintered and the Warriors team really brought me and my mom together and it was something for us to talk about that kept our minds off of this tumult that was happening in our personal lives. 
And I mean, she fell into the Warriors so hard that year. Like she grew up playing basketball and had sort of like fallen out of it and sort of like raising me and whatnot. Um, and it was really beautiful. It was something we, we spent a lot of time watching games together, talking about it. I mean, she was like texting me random takes about Leandro Barbosa, which was a real trip coming from a mom that I did not see look for a second at any sport other than the Olympics my entire life. Um, so that was a really special time for me. And then, you know, and then she would bring me to games for my birthday. Uh, it, it was the beginning of like a, a new era with my mom. And so that's a really, really special and important team for me. Bonte, Marcus, in light of that answer, let me go ahead and say, f*** yourselves. That answer is way better than ours. Way better. Like, I, this fool had, like, some real personal, like, I'm, like, tearing up. To, so, I liked your answers up until then. Now, I just hate them. That just was not as good as my sons. Yeah, step up. Yeah, exactly. Jeez. Bonte, this, this one is specifically... I love that. <laughs> it's, oh, it's um, it's tear jerking. Um, Bonte, this one's specifically for you uh, for a couple of reasons. I really want your take, but also because we we gave some takes on this last week, but a little bit of background. Um, so way back, man, three, four years ago, that podcast serial was out there. It was really popular. Um, a short version of this question is in that podcast, they had somebody say, hey, we all have someone in our life who if we had a body to hide, we could call and that person would help us with it. And last week or whenever it was when we first did this topic, what we broke down is, well, really, that's two things, right? There's two skill sets involved in that. One, actually being able to get rid of a body. Two, if the cops come, being able, having the skill set to talk with the cops and not giving up your boy and not having them get uh, nervous, right? And, and looking into right. it further. So for this one, I'm going to call that person the body hider, your serial guy. So bad news, Bate, you got a body to get rid of. All right. Good news is you can call anybody from the history of the Warriors to help you get rid of it, to give you the background. When we did this a couple of weeks ago, we did it only for this year's roster. And after going through it, we identified two people. I said Steve Kerr because I think he like I think he's got that fuck you streak in him. I think he right. could get rid of the body and would be amazing in the interrogation. The cops aren't sniffing it at all. And then the player we came up with was Wiggins because he has no personality and you would never see like he would hide that body and you'd never right. get anything out of him, right? But you can pick anybody. Doesn't have to be this year, anybody. Talk out loud. Who are you thinking? Who who wow. enters this list for you? Wow. For some reason there's been a few guys who just popped in my brain right away. First, it starts with the owner, Joe Lacob, right? He's got the money. He's got the resources. And Joe Lacob's got that. I don't give a damn in him. So Joe Lacob sparks my interest. Al Adels, uh, the Hall of Famer. Oh, Al be, Adels just seems like a guy who would not crack at all. Uh, Rick Barry, no, because Rick Barry would just start <laughs> talking. He would freak out. And at some point, he would just crack and just let out the truth. Like, all right, damn it. Uh, we got the body over here. What are you going to do about it? You know what I'm saying? He would just... Completely get fried. And then John Nelson. want to tell you, Rick would want to tell you how well he hid the body. Right. He'd want exactly. to be like, oh, like I did hide it and you didn't find it, motherfuckers. It's yeah. right out here. Right. And how they filleted, what knife they used and all that <laughs> exactly. stuff. Um, God Nelson is another one. But I'm going to start with the owner, man. I think Joe Lacob, Joe Lacob, the poker face that he has. Will he stand up for you, though? So I think you're right. And I think yeah, if you're his that's son. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I okay, if you're his that. If you're his son, you're good. Kirk is never good. Like you're a hundred percent, but I don't know, man. Like I, I, unless you were Joe's boy, there's a chance where he's like, I just don't feel like dealing with this. Like, you know, he's, he'll, he could get rid of the body, but he might flip on you if it's too much of a pain in his ass. You know what? I think that's where you go to stack Jack. That's where you go to stack Jack. I'm glad you <laughs> added that and corrected me there. That's where you go to stack Jack because stack Jack 
is a rider. I mean, him and Matt Barnes, right? It's him or Matt Barnes. They're real ones, as they say in these streets, right? They are real ones, true goons who don't give a damn and would have your back to a fault. So it's got to be love one it. of those guys, and it's probably Steven Jackson. I love this. All right, now, fast version, and all of us participate. I'm going to give you a name, all right? You tell me if you use this person to get rid of the body, whether or not you'd go free or go to jail, all right? First guy, Baron Davis. I say you go free. You go free. 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 Uh, Harrison Barnes, I say you're going to jail. I think he can get rid of the body, but I think he'd freeze up in the interrogation, would say something weird, and they're coming after you. So jail for Barnes. Yeah, I think you're getting locked up 25 to life with Harrison Barnes. <laughs> yeah, he would make some weird comment. Like he was the one who kind of threw out there the fun comment of light years ahead that kind of blew off the top of of that, right? So right. I feel like he would try to be slick and say a comment that he thought was very sly, but it would actually unravel everything. I also don't really trust anybody that plays for the Sacramento Kings. There's just something <laughs> about that that makes you soft. So, yeah, I don't think you go free. Last one, Monte, jail in a heartbeat. He couldn't even pull off the moped thing. There's no way that he would be able to get through a, a murder investigation. Yeah, I mean, he look, he would have your back. He would try to get you out of it but he just would say the wrong things. Like one of those <laughs> terrible witnesses in the wire, right? Where they just you get him into the back room and it's like, oh yeah, he's going to blow it. He's going to blow it. He's like the D'Angelo, right? Uh, you know, he has good intentions, but <laughs> would just absolutely crack. Like you said, Brad, couldn't get past the Mopez situation. Couldn't even type Warriors or what a Warriors is. Couldn't even get to, through day one of media day with Steph Curry as a rookie saying, you know what, this isn't going to work. So, yeah, Monte Ellis will get you. Exactly. And, and, and MT and Maxime, change or hold off for a second because I'm going to change a letter. So don't give me the answer on Monte. Give me the answer on Bonte. Um, if, if you call it Bonte. <laughs> and I'll, I'll, I'll take the pressure off you and go first. I think you could. I think Bonte would be great. If I think Bonte might have a little trouble getting rid of the body. I know he doesn't strike me as a guy who has like body disposal people immediately around him, but if he could do that and he could figure it out, he would be great in the interrogation. There's oh. no way to get up and would stay cool throughout. So I, I would, I'd, I'd stay, I'd say Bonte is, uh, we'd, we'd be free, not in jail. Absolutely. We would just give each other that look and that nod. And then that would mean like gift of gab time when it comes to that interrogation room and it'd just be all types of coordinated stories without even talking about it. <laughs> Maxime, I'm hoping you disagree. Take a shot at him, but where are you at? Are you, no uh, do you think he can set you free? No chance. Yeah. I totally trust Bonte on this one. Yeah. I'm not, they, I feel like you're, you're more connected than, than any of us are giving you credit for. I don't know about that take about not being able to hide the body. Like, I trust you in the interrogation and I trust you in the lead up. It's all good. We're not we're not supposed to say that part, Maxime. No, no, you don't have any way to get rid of a body. <laughs> don't you worry about that. Boys, last two questions. Here's the first. Most talented to have ever played for the Warriors. Here's my four, but feel free to go off the list. Steph, Wilt, Barry, Kevin Durant. We only got one player to pick. One. Most talented ever. Wow. Wow. It's Kevin Durant. You think it's so for sure? Why? Yeah, it, it's, I mean, he could, he's a triple threat scorer. Um, the game is so easy for him. And you saw when he came out here to the Bay Area, when he bought in on the defensive end, he was special. I thought, what was it, 2017, before he got injured, going into January, he was probably top five when it came to DPOY, defensive player of the year. And he was really gutted for it. And, of course, you know, he got hurt, and then he started feeling like, all right, nobody's going to really vote for me. 
Kevin Durant, and I think Rick Barry's probably number two. We forget Rick Barry. Go look at his basketball court. Dude's averaging 35. Yes, I, I mean, he was unreal. Maybe one of the most underappreciated players in NBA history because of what he's done outside of basketball or after basketball when he starts chirping about being a head coach and ripping other players. So I got Kevin Durant number one and Rick Barry number two. You know, it's so weird. So I think you're right um, on the Durant thing. And instead of focusing on why you're right, let me ask something else. Like, what that helps me realize is this whole Steph better thing. When when that was going down, I remember yeah. thinking it was ridiculous and I didn't want to, you know, why can't we root for all of them and why, right. why separate it out? When you just said that right now, when you said, I think it's KD, my first reaction was anger. And I, and, but I think that you were right. And it turns out I do have a little bit of Steph better in me. Like I don't, I, I Durant is more talented, but when we identify that it literally brings out like an emotional response, right. you know, like I want it to be Steph, but I think you're right. I, I don't think it is. And it's really weird how people as time moves on, how the KD era ended. Right. I mean, think about July 4th of 2016. It washed away yeah. the pain from game seven of the NBA Finals against the Cleveland Cavaliers. It was like, well, you know what? If that's what it took to get Kevin Durant, will I sacrifice one ring for two more? You probably would. And with the ball handling, the the ability to pull up at the elbow, the mid-pulse, just everything about KD. And we saw he was the difference in those next two finals. He was the best player on the board that was – Steph Curry was special too because he opened up the floor for Kevin Durant. They helped each other. But – I get why you're mad because of how it ended, because of the the way things played out. And even we overlooked the fact that he did come back in game five against Toronto, knowing that he was a free agent, knowing that his Achilles wasn't 100%. And just the fact of what he did in the first quarter, you got chills up your spine where it's like, oh my God, KD really is that dude. He's not 100% and Booby Bob's three threes. And you should have been there in Toronto. That crowd was shook. They were shook like, oh, my Lord, the NBA Finals just started. We're up 3-1, and it feels like we're about to lose the NBA championship. Kevin Durant put the fear of God into that team, into that country. And I get why it makes you mad because of the way it ended and how how lovable Steph Curry is. You know, all the three-pointers, the way he's carried this franchise for so many years and elevated it. I get why it would make people mad, but – I'm not going to diminish the skill set that Kevin Durant had. He made the game look way too easy, and that's how great he was. Yeah, one of those corner threes against Toronto, you could feel it. I wasn't in the building, but just watching it, one of those threes from Durant, you could just tell, like, the entire building, including the Raptors, were just like, oh, that's right. Like, you know, like, we forgot. Like, they've been game playing around Steph, Clay, and Dre the whole time, and when Kevin Durant came out there and started hitting those shots – it just kind of was the reality check. Like, that's right. Like, if these guys are healthy, they are significantly better than us. But He had a block, um, too, didn't he? I remember yeah, him having a block yeah. in the first, like, three or four possessions. Yep. But, yeah, I, I definitely think it's KD. I, at his size, I mean, I think when you're talking about pure talent, like, Steph at his size gets some votes because of what he does, and he can beat you at all levels. Like, Steph's game around the rim, I think, is underrated. Like, he will finish over – contact and over players and angles that you know probably Kyrie Irving is the only one who does it better but um at his size you know Kevin Durant is six foot ten and for him to have the handles that he does you know like he's he can dribble better than Anthony Davis he's got a much better jump shot like you know and to Bonte's point his defense when he's locked in and he had that Ron Adams chirping in his ear like it was a different KD so I think talent wise it's just KD and it's it's not even really close. 
Maxime, I'm going to need you to erase the last like 90 seconds, maybe 120 seconds. I mean, this has just turned into a love letter into uh, our to Durant. So instead of hearing you reinforce, Maxime, why you also probably believe that Durant's the most talented, let's yep. move to our last and you go first. All right. Favorite player of all time, um, focusing only on the Golden State Warriors. Who's your guy? Yeah, I've, I've been actually going back and forth on this and, and really doing some soul searching because I think the obvious answer for me personally is Steph. Um, but as I have spent more and more time not getting to enjoy the Warriors on the court um, and thinking about all that I want and all of the ways that this team fulfills me, I, I'm not going to lie. I keep coming back to Clay Thompson. I feel like he resonates with me. I love I love his play on the court. Um, I love his defensive effort, but almost more importantly, I love who he is off the court. He's the type of person, like, I, I respect the type of, like, long walk, quiet attitude that he kind of brings, you know? Um, the, like, East Bay Times advertisements where he's, like, reading the newspaper. All of that stuff creates an ethos that, like, he's just, I, I love him. I love this dude. NBA champ Clay Thompson says he looks up curious, but still quickly walks underneath. I usually observe if the if the piping and stuff is new, or if it, sometimes you know something looks like it's been there a while. I kind of try to avoid that. Clay, uh, you, you kind of had a viral video this morning where you just uh, randomly talking on the street with a news report. Just how did that happen? I was walking, and she asked me if I wanted to interview. I said sure. topic. Unfortunately, people got hurt, and it's cool to give my opinion and, uh, be, you know, be an active citizen in the community. We're going to crescendo with you, Bonte. Uh, who's your guy? I, I got to go Clay Thompson, too. I mean, obviously, Steph Curry, we said everything about Steph Curry, right? You can't go wrong with number 30. But I'm, I'm with Maxine, like China Clay. How cool is that, right? <laughs> Poster Clay, you know, Rocco the dog. He's just so unassuming and humble. And you, you think about the way he parties and the way he goes out about his court. And I think he reached a status in that series against Toronto that, like, elevated him even more. The fact that he was balling in that game. And I'm thinking, there's going to be a game seven. seven. That 25-footer. And he comes out there after tearing his ACL. Uh, Danny Green that. We don't talk about how dirty that play is enough. <laughs> Goes in there, comes back out, hits the free throws, and tries to play defense. Jumps up and down. And, like, you know how they kind of touch the bottom of their shoes or something to get traction or whatnot. And he's, like, trying to line up and play defense. This is like, is this guy psycho or what? But that endeared him so much to Warrior fans and to myself that, like, he is that dude. Like, just out of nowhere, game six against Oklahoma City. Like, the, the heat yes. checks that he was on. And then, like, as Maxime said, uh, just off the court, Clay Thompson, dating actresses, right? The IG models, you know what I'm saying? Walking with Rocco, just being on the beach, being in, uh, in the Bahamas or whatnot. It's Clay Thompson for me, man. It, it, I can't believe at one time I wanted Clay Thompson traded, and now he's like my favorite warrior of all time. It's ridiculous. <laughs> The uh, the Venn diagram on what you guys are talking about for Clay Thompson, uh, the stories off the floor and the stories on the floor. Uh, to take the example you were just talking about, Bonte, and I think I heard this from Bob Myers, but um, 
So he gets hurt at the end of, of six. They take him off the floor. He's walking back into the locker room and they tell him, if you walk off now and you don't shoot these free throws, you can't, there's no way we can't get you to come back in. Right. So go take the free throws. But then afterwards, do not move. Do not move. Someone will foul. We'll get you out. We'll, we'll, we'll get a sense of what the injury is. And then, you know, maybe we can get you back in if the MRI comes back clean. And if you watch the video of it, Clay goes out there, he takes the two free throws, hits them. And then just like you were saying, Bate sprints back on defense after the second one. And everyone was like, what are you doing? Like, Oh my God, like, what are you doing? Dude? Um, for me, it depends on who's answering. Right. So like, if I wanted to impress you with how long I've been a Warriors fan, I'd give you something like Sharunas Marshallonis. I don't really remember anything about Sharunas, but right. he's been like, you know, that name suggests to you like, oh, this guy must have been rooting for them for a while. Um, if I wanted to get in touch with my inner smoker, it's Clay. Uh, like Everything you guys just said, it 100% speaks to me. Um, Jay Rich has to be mentioned just because of the heart he showed. Remember, do you remember that that article, or I'm sorry, the the ad that he paid for uh, in the Chronicle, like basically apologizing to fans, like that type of shit, that kind of heart. Um, Steph has to be mentioned, but bottom line, and I think it's because I can associate with his gem shot, but more so being slow. It's Chris Mullen. Uh, I, and that this is my age. I'm a, I'm a right. run TMC guy. I'm a huge professional bowling fan. So Mullen has me there too. Uh, but if, if I am being honest, I think it's Molly, uh, which leaves you Marcus, who's your guy. Um, it was close to being clay as well for all the reasons listed, but it's still Steph to me. And I know that's a little expected, but there's just something about, you know, I, I remember when, we offered him that contract at 11 million per year for four years. Mm. And there were all those questions of if it was worth it. And, you know, Steph's whole reaction to it before and after was, you know, like we're learning from this, we will bring home a championship. I think he's just had such an impact on the culture. Um, and he's the reason why, you know, like Mark Jackson, when he was a coach was like, this is the best shooting backcourt in the history and why, Iguodala left the Denver Nuggets and went there and was like, there's something special here. It's because of Clay. Like, Clay has a big hand in it, but it's because their superstar has the type of disposition that is like, you know, fun to play with. We're going to enjoy the game and you can shine just like me. Like, if you have an open shot, shoot it. If not, I'm going to shoot it and let's just run back. And if it goes in, it goes in. But, you know, like, let's have fun again. And to me, that's just you don't get many players like that in a league period. And the fact that he was doing it for the Warriors and stayed around him, it's just like, you know, the Bay is my home now. To me, I, I just um, appreciate that loyalty and want to reward it with giving him my vote. It's such an impossible combination, man. You know, when, when we talk about the mentality needed to be the elite level superstar that Steph Curry is, I mean, you've got to be as competitive as anybody on earth. You know, you, you've got to want to beat the shit out of anybody you play. We know that's true for him, but for him also to be willing to share the ball, to, to, to share the shine, you know, that those two things aren't consistent. And we're lucky that we have someone who's capable of that. No, there's no doubt. There's no doubt about that. Everything you said there, Bram, it, it, it is spot on. And how lucky are we? How lucky are we to experience this? That's what I keep going back to. If this, Whenever this run ends, and hopefully it doesn't end for another four or five years, just think about the – it was like the perfect storm. 
When you think about the Niners in the 80s, they had great per- personalities, right? Dwight Clark, Joe Montana, uh, Ronnie Lott, Roger Craig, Bill Walsh, of course, and then later on, Steve Young. Uh, you think about the Giants in their decade, and they had some personalities like a Brian Wilson, who I thought was a tool at times, but Lincecum and Pablo, Matt Cain and Bumgarner, of course, Bochy. You think about the Sharks, and you think about the A's and their group. The Warriors group is going to be iconic when it all goes down with Steph, with Clay with Draymond, Iguodala, part of that. Sean Livingston now being back in the organization. He always gets love. And Steve Curry, Bob Myers, of course. So I just think we're fortunate. Think about the players we're discussing here and the high-character guys that they have right now. It truly is special, man. Yeah, you couldn't be more right. Uh, and what a great place to make this transition. Bonsai, we always love you, man. Um, that's certainly true this week. And the morning roast, I have really been enjoying. So for everyone else out there who is exactly like me, they need more Bonte in their life. Where should they go? Yeah. Go to Twitter at your own risk. Like I always say at Bonte Hill on Twitter, uh, 957game.com, six to 10 AM. That's right. Six to 10 AM. I'm up. Woo. The early birds, baby, but we're having some fun in the morning. I'm getting used to it, man. The time flies because we're having a lot of fun. Kate Scott and Joe Shasky, the butcher boy. Uh, we have a good crew there and it's, it's fun to set the tone for the bay. So um, you know, again, always love being on this podcast. I'm gonna always make time for you guys. Now I have no excuse because I get the nap in and I got the day uh, until I wasn't gonna say it. You know, yeah, I wasn't gonna say it. I mean, it is what it is for those of us who need to hit you up to get rid of a body. Ninety five point seven. Like, is it Twitter? What's the best? What's the best yeah, body to reach out? Don't tell anybody, but we got some spots. But I've watched oh. enough mafia movies uh, to know how to get rid of a body. So I think we'll be fine there. He's your guy for us. You want to reach out to us, we can be hit up at warriorshuddle at gmail.com, uh, Twitter account, Warriors Huddle. We're also on Patreon, all of that in tow. We appreciate you guys. Thank you. Go Warriors. And uh, hopefully we'll see you next week. Good, good.